Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. November 15th, 2021. This is College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts, or tri-host maybe, tri-host. And Chris Petroselli from SMU is with us. Chris, what a fantastic Sunday afternoon for you and the Mustang Rebels. Congratulations on your thrilling 2-0 victory over the Texas Longhorns. That had to feel good. Yeah, we, we played... I thought we played pretty well, and um, obviously it was a uh, stressful week leading up to it, for sure. Um, but our, our kids just, man, they were good. They were they were really good, and atmosphere was outstanding. You know, crowd was great, and it was everything you could ask for in a college soccer game, and I'm um, just really happy that, that we were able to come out on top. So, so did I hear this right? Sold out? Sold out? SMU yeah. Mustang Stadium? I they stopped selling tickets. Yeah, they stopped selling tickets. They, get, they got to 1,200, I guess. And, um, you know, with, with the construction and everything going on, there's just a little area that we kind of had to shove people into. And uh, uh, it was full and, and it, was, it was loud, too. I, I, don't, I don't agree with the sold out. I'm sorry. I think keep, keep pushing them in there. But I can't be a fired hazard. You're outside, for God's sake. Keep putting them in. You got to get a 1,500, you get a 2,000. Just keep putting them in. They'll find a spot. So, you, so you're, you're very much in favor of what happened at this concert in uh, in Houston, huh? Just people trampling each other and all of that kind of stuff. Where are we at that number, Chris? Where are we, we going <laughs> to hit that number? Where are we going to hit that number? <laughs> well, space was small. For the women's soccer game, where we got you got a whole track. Come on, keep putting them in. <laughs> anyway, but now congratulations. That's really uh, that's that's awesome, and you're moving on. That's great. And we're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. Uh, rough, rough, rough one for, for the land sharks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we had a rough Friday night. We did. We, uh, you know, Chris, we didn't have it. Like I'm, I'm very proud of this team and for the people that are listening that are Ole Miss rebel people. Um, you know, we've had a, a hell of a 2021 year. I think when you think about fall season last year into a, a spring season where we couldn't afford to lose a game and the team really, responded to that, got us into the tournament last year and then back out to the fall and, and had a, you know, a really good fall again, but just kind of, we just kind of ran out of steam and, and um, mentally draining on, on our team. And, and uh, they gave us everything they had and just unfortunate of an 89th minute bomb um, from St. Louis to beat us two one. And, and I got to tell you that, you know, again, it's hard to beat Ashley Orcus from distance and this kid hit a absolute, pill into the upper 90 off a little bit of a, a volley so credit to them um congratulations to st louis but our season ended on on friday night unfortunately but i'm i'm cheering for the uh i'm cheering for the mustangs let's go chris let's go well, we're um we're yeah <laughs> yeah all right well let's bring in the big deal he's he's been watching games um this weekend and he is with us brian welcome to college soccer nation on this monday evening us uh, on um Bracket breakdown is what we're going to call it. You like that, Chris? Bracket breakdown. Just came up with that. That's good. Yeah, that is. <laughs> but let me say this, Brian, before we get to you. If you're tuning in to listen to a, a fancy guest and the Power Five and all the nonsense that we do, 
this would probably be your time to log off because we were going to break down this bracket and games that have been played and games that are going to be played. So um, if you're not here for the bracket, um, probably going to be a little boring to you. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Brian, how are we doing, buddy? Doing good. What, what would a Monday night be without College Soccer Nation? I mean, for 48 weeks in a row, I don't know. I'm something like that. We've, we've I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, the masses are waiting on this pod to drop tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big, numbers, big numbers. They'll, big numbers. They'll be hitting it hard and fast. They want to hear from the legends. Yeah. yeah. How did he slay the dragon? <laughs> yeah. Texas. Everybody's a longhorn. There's a couple ponies out there. A few rice owls. I got to tell you, there were. There were a lot of Longhorns at the game. I, I noticed. Yeah, I there were a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were part of that sellout. <laughs> like it. All right. Well, let's go, guys. You ready to go? We can stop the nonsense here or start the nonsense. But we're going to go kind of um, two games at a time and then talk about the uh, the upcoming game of 32. So we're going to start right at the top with the number one overall seed. Florida State uh, took care of South Alabama 3 nothing. Uh, I was able to watch a little of that game. I don't think there's a lot to say. Typical Florida State fashion in a, a quality win. Yeah, that was and that was a rematch, right? They played earlier in the year. Right. And I believe the score was relatively similar. And four nothing know. earlier. Yep, three nothing. Yeah. South yeah. right. Alabama needs to move the school. So yeah. They <laughs> matchups against Florida State. Well, like, and again, it's going to get a lot harder for South Alabama now with this alignment with some of the teams coming in there. Um, you know, they've true. won that league here a number of times, but it's about to get a whole lot harder for them. All right, in the game, for me, in the, the second most important game in the bracket, SMU to <laughs> Texas zero. Let's go. Chris with a big win, uh, like I think we just talked about. So this, this next round of 32, Florida State will play SMU down in Tallahassee. Chris, any thoughts on that game? Well, my, my first thought is uh, I want to thank the committee for setting us up to play the number one seed in, in, in the second round. I really appreciate the way that they – took care of us um, very similar in the way they took, they took care of uh, Samford. Um, you know, the, the picker got himself a, a real difficult draw in the second round as well. So uh, Matt, I want to, I know you had, you had told me, don't worry, I'll take care of you. You know, so uh, I just want to thank you for putting us uh, against Florida state. And the best thing I can say about this matchup is I am going to get spend a little time with Mark and Linda, and that's that's going to be fun. Um, but that's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, I, I would like to comment on that. No, you don't need to. No, I'm <laughs> going to. Oh, I, oh, believe you me, I'm going to. Um, Brian, would you like a home game in the NCAA tournament? Would that be something that you would enjoy? If you play in front of your home, maybe sell out your nice big stadium. Would that be nice? So you're taking credit for that. So my team can't no, no, take credit no. for that. No, no, no. I, I can't take either. You're giving me the credit or you're not. Either I'm, I was part of it or not. To say that I was going to set you up is ridiculous because there's a 10 people per panel and I can't possibly do that. Um, but to say that you got a nice, nice first round game, that's pretty tasty. I thought, Brian, you? <laughs> well, I thought the matchup got Chris's team's attention and you probably were able to, you know, read Chris in the weeks earlier and know that you know, I should, we should hook him up with a really tough first round game. Make sure his kids are paying attention and training. That's what he really needed. Yeah. And, you know, once again, you came through for him. Yeah. I uh, you know, who, who doesn't love it? Uh, a trip to Tallahassee in November? Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, in the, in the we, NCAA we tournament. 
Yes, we all know. We've all been there. It's just wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, no, I know, Chris, you, you don't eat pizza much. Momo's is calling your name. So it probably enjoy, is. enjoy Tallahassee, but let's keep moving, huh? We can talk uh, about Hold on. Now. I want to add oh, one thing to that. Yeah, yeah, hey, you know, and this is neutral. This is because Chris is here. If, if he was a disorganized mess, I would say that as well. But um, I thought it was a coaching masterclass against Texas. Thank you. Those kids, I've probably seen them six times this year. We played them. Um, that's three of the most talented attacking players in the country. And that was 90 minutes of barely a chance, barely a sniff for Texas. It, it was really an awesome game plan. Now, you can just do that this week against uh, the Seminoles. We'll really have something. I got to tell you, I really, I really, I mentioned this to you guys earlier. I really rated the Emma Reagan. I, I thought she was a very, very good player. You know, she was playing in midfield and, and you know, watching the lead up. I was concerned about her um coming out of midfield and then then you know they had an injury and she went and played center back and she dribbled the ball from center back all the way into our 18 three or four times mm. she was good it's a good team i yeah. mean I, I mean is there let me ask you this brian this is not for chris this is for brian is mm -hmm. there a better second round matchup of head coaches dueling against each other in the as you said master class it should be right is there a better group could you no, find a better two I think so it's really a small, small group that yep. could uh, – a small group that does not include Brian Lee or Matt Mott, but it does right, include exactly. Petroselli and uh, Mark Cuporia. <laughs> two old guys. Two old guys going yeah. at it is what it's going to be. Matching wits. Matching wits. They, right, you know, they, they move the game to 5 p.m. because, you know, those 7 p.m. games are just too late for Mark and I. So, <laughs> I move it a little earlier. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, let's keep going. Um, South Florida, I thought this was a little bit of a surprise. South Florida zero, NC State two. Anybody, anybody thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, I um, honestly, I, I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, I, I think um, the one thing with South Florida, and, and they did it again, you know, they, they outpassed them, they outpossessed them, um, but but they did struggle to score goals all year. And, and, and remember, this is an NC State team who, that draw with Duke and draw with uh, with North Carolina, correct? That's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They they had some good results along the way. So, um, although the game was at South Florida, which you thought would have given them an yeah. edge, but they have struggled to score all year. Well, and I thought South Florida coming off the loss in the conference tournament would be sure flying, but of course they could have hurt them with their legs as well. So, yeah. Any thoughts, Brian? Uh, I, I I caught a little bit of it. I thought good game. It was much like you would expect. Two teams trying to keep the ball. And South Florida is another, another team I've stumbled into a bunch this year to watch them. You know, it, it, it's, it's tough for them to spin results for as well as they play because they're so wing-centric. And, uh, you know, Nacello's fantastic, but that's, that's the best dribbler in the country. And for yes. me, I'm out winger. And they throw so many numbers forward against the good teams. They almost always pay the price. Yeah. And yeah. It, it happened again, kind of what happened with their season. All right, Pepperdine 7, South Dakota State 1. I did mention last week uh, watching that BYU-Pepperdine game. Pepperdine's very good. That's a, a fun matchup down there for you to watch, Chris and Scout. That is at yeah. 1 o'clock uh, uh, and um, Central Time, so I guess 2 o'clock uh, Eastern. Um, NC State-Pepperdine. Pepperdine's a dangerous, dangerous team. They, they really are. And uh, if NC State can keep it, maybe that makes it harder for them. But I like Pepperdine in that game. Um, and I think they're, they're playing at a really good, good level right now. Thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, well, 
honestly, I think I'm, I, I might go with NC State there. I, I just, uh, again, like those ACC teams, they, they get challenged and um, battle tested. They, they get put through it for sure. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I think NC State will be a little more comfortable there. Haven't played at Florida State a number of times. Pepperdine coming all the way across across the country. Um, but I think that's a really good game. That should be, yeah, that should no be a doubt. fun game. All right. Um, now in the lower bracket, um, headed out to Ann Arbor. Tennessee beat Lipscomb in, uh, in the first round. You know, I think Lipscomb, we know, is a tough defensive team. Put a lot of pressure on you. But Tennessee just kind of kept it rolling from the beach, right? They scored five against Florida, three against Ole Miss, three against Arkansas, and then another three spot against Lipscomb, you know, four days after the – or five days after the championship. So um, they're rolling and scoring tons of goals. The forwards for Tennessee right now are so hot. You know, that was a statistically really good game. The XG is not far off. Lipscomb's a good team. It's just right now across the country, what set of forwards is doing more with their chances than Tennessee's kids? I don't know if there's anybody. Yeah, I've been impressed by them for sure. Uh, Mackenzie George is, is a real deal player. She really is. And again, she's not a prolific goal scorer, but she is a handful <laughs> as she can be. All right, and then down in, uh, against them at, at Michigan will be Washington State with a 3 nothing win over Montana. Uh, thoughts on that, or do we go right to Tennessee and Washington State? Right to Tennessee, Washington State. Yeah. I, think, I think for me, maybe the best, one of the best, one of the best second-round matchups is Tennessee-Washington State. I think, yeah, close, yeah. Yeah, Washington State's been really pretty good all year playing in the Pac-12, and lots of questions about the Pac-12, and this is – you know, one of the top teams out of the SEC, I think it'll be a great game. I, I, I think that's a pick for me. That's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. And, you know, out of round one, the Pac-12 went two and two, and the SEC went four and three. A couple of huge wins. We'll talk about those in a little bit. But both the conferences kind of landed at 500 coming out of the first round. So that's, got a, that's a big game in the conference, you know, duel there. If the Pac-12 goes out and is down to one team, after the round of 32, that, that would be a bit shocking. Hey, Chris, I do think four and three is a bit above 500. Just, just for the record, the SEC was above 500 in the first round. But put that out there. All right. Uh, Wake Forest three, Harvard zero. Uh, Brian, go. Well, the big debate coming in was the yeah. IV RPIs, right? And Princeton yeah. kind of and the other two lost so I think the questions were answered and that one was answered emphatically but I also say you are a you are a person that has has rung the Harvard bell all year long very high uh -huh. at Harvard and their yeah. players and uh and and actually you know talking to one of the coaches from the Ivy they said Harvard was the best team all year and um kind of found their face there against the you know middle of the road kind of ACC team it's it's very interesting that that the Ivy's got three teams in and, and, um, and two of them fell hard. But anyway, Chris thoughts uh, on that one, Wake Harvard. I'll just say, I'll just say this. Wake Forest is a good team. Yes. Um, yes. You know, uh, they just beat Duke, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I watched uh, today again, uh, their game with Florida state and uh, they did quite well. Um, and they, you know, they weren't afraid. Uh, I'll say this. And, and um, they've got some players, uh, Genementis has, has gone there from uh, Georgetown and and really given them them a, a real presence going forward. 
Um, Wake Forest is a is a good team. I'm not. I'm a little surprised by that result being three nil. I thought it would be closer, um, but I, I'm not surprised by Wake Forest winning. Okay, uh, and then that fills into uh, the bottom, the number two seed in the Florida State bracket. Uh, Michigan three, Bowling Green zero. I will say this: Bowling Green year after year after year win that league. So congratulations yeah. to them. But ran into the buzzsaw that is Michigan, and and now we got a Michigan Wake Forest matchup, which sounds to me like it'd be a pretty good game. I think it will be, and I know Brian has been saying all along that you know Michigan has has talent, right? They have a mm-hmm. lot of talent. So um, I expect Michigan to win that game. Uh, but like I said, Wake Forest will not be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for you, Brian, on Michigan and Wake Forest? Well, I think in that entire bracket, it's a great little Final Four teams, you know, to come out of Ann Arbor. It, it'd be one of the places I would want to be watching. Yeah. But great. Really like Michigan's chances from a talent and a home field advantage standpoint. You know, Chris, there is a mute on your button. If you continue to cough, you could mute it. So our listeners don't That's have not to me coughing. It. Oh, it's not? What's it, your dog? All right. Here we go. Let's keep rolling. We'll be here all night. Arkansas, 5-1, a emphatic win against Northwestern State. And then Virginia Tech, 3-1 over Ohio State. Uh, I thought that Virginia Tech-Ohio State would be closer than it was, honestly. And then uh, then you match up Arkansas, Virginia Tech at Arkansas will host this next uh, group of eight. I like Virginia Tech. I, I don't like them to beat Arkansas, but I think they've had a good season. And uh, yep. and, and they've proven they can play with top teams as well. Um, I just think going to Arkansas is going to be pretty difficult. You well, talked about sold out, sold out place there with you, Chris. They'll be sold out there in Fayetteville. Yeah. No question for that one. Well, the first 10 minutes of that game, Chugger's going to be spinning his head saying, hey, I haven't seen anything like this. In <laughs> <laughs> Although they, no. they played two or three years ago in uh, in North Carolina, before North Carolina had the stadium, they played Virginia Tech beat them. I remember that. Um, so anyway, interesting. All right, let's keep rolling. Purdue one, Loyola Chicago zero. Um, I have zero thoughts on that, although Purdue would like, kind of like Virginia Tech's having a really good year. Anybody on that one? No? Okay, good. We'll keep moving. Notre Dame four, SIUE zero. So now it's Purdue, Notre Dame, a little Midwest Donald yeah, Christmas. Indiana Darby. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts? Anybody think Notre Dame will not be Purdue? Purdue's in the middle of a special season, and this isn't the Purdue that Chris used to see at Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I like Notre Dame. Purdue struggled, really, with Illinois, Chicago, and it's been a great season. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Down in the bottom here, TCU 8 Prairie View zero, um, the, the team that Chris thought he was going to get in Prairie View and just missed him by Texas, but didn't matter either one yeah. he's going to beat. Um, and then Princeton two, Vermont zero. You know, Princeton's the only Ivy left, but got the the draw of Vermont. I mean, do we think that Princeton can hang with TCU at this point in the game? Just athletically, I, I, I think it'll be really difficult for him. Uh, TCU's got some big, strong kids and um, and, and, you know, that's the big difference that we see, you know, with the mid-majors playing the big, the uh, power five teams. It's just the athletes, right? The quality yeah. of the athlete is, is so much better. And I think that'll come through in, in this matchup. 
TCU is pretty good. Yeah. And they're playing well, right? They just keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Down in the bottom, St. Louis 2, Ole Miss 1. We talked enough about that one. Yeah. And then Rutgers 2 and Bucknell 0. Had some weather issues, so had to move that game. Rutgers to Sunday. So you've got St. Louis versus Rutgers uh, Sunday at 1. Matt, sorry, you probably Friday. should have an opinion on that. You just got done playing St. Louis. Yeah, the little bit of Rutgers I've watched, I think it's going to be hard for St. Louis. But St. Louis is rolling. I mean, they want they cruised through their conference tournament and uh, and then beat us. So I I give them a, a a puncher's chance. But um, I like Rutgers. All right, let's move on to the other bracket, other side. Here we go. Virginia six, high point zero. Milwaukee one, Xavier zero. Another one of the big upsets. Milwaukee Upset. knocking off yeah. Xavier. Thoughts on that, Brian? I think the Big East falls along with the Ivy. Of the multiple league bids, they're the only two leagues that ended up under 500. If I was uh, Diego at Houston, or if I was at Central Florida, if I was Tiff at Central Florida, I'd be a little disappointed this week. Yeah. Results. Um, Milwaukee. But Milwaukee wins every year, don't they? I mean, they're always in this thing. Yeah, they win. Yeah, they win their league. I mean, they, they, if you're Xavier, correct me if I'm wrong. They won the Big East, right? They did. So if you're if you're the champion of a legitimate five bid league, you can't be losing. To yeah. Milwaukee in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. I you know. In, Sixteen in, two and one, I think they were something like that. They rolled. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee's no. Good. I mean, but it make no mistake, but. Yeah, you know, you gotta win that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. All right, up, up top, um, one of the um, kind of exciting upsets of the tournament Alabama one, Clemson zero. Alabama, you know, thinking one of the later teams in, and then Clemson in comfortably, um, and scored early and couldn't, couldn't, Clemson couldn't find the equalizer. Good for, uh, good for West. Congratulations to him. Um, thoughts, and then we're just gonna go BYU six, New Mexico zero. So, those two play next. Any thoughts on that pod? That's a, um, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a tough matchup for Alabama for sure. I, I felt like Alabama scored early and, and didn't create much the rest of the way in that, that game with Clemson, but certainly did enough and, and really happy for West, by the way, that, you know, that they got that win. Um, but I think BYU is a different animal, you know, yeah. the, the quality that, that they have. I think that's going to be a, um, a difficult one for him. And that, that, that game is, is where? That one is at Virginia. At Virginia. Okay. All yeah. right. So you look at BYU is scoring goals for fun. Yeah. And they just can score and score and score. It's unbelievable. So. Well, we're staring down the barrel of last year's round of 16 was BYU Virginia. And um, it was a great up and back game. And Virginia was just finishing their chances at a way higher rate. So we're going to get the rematch. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Moving up. Southern Cal 6, Grand Canyon 0. Uh, Penn State 3, Monmouth 1. So Penn State, Southern Cal, which I think is one of the, you know, I like Tennessee and uh, Washington State, but Penn State, Southern Cal is a tasty little second round game <laughs> for me. And that's the um, best game, right? That, that, yeah. that has to be the, be the best game of, uh, of uh, this next round. I mean, uh, excuse me, we have Sanford and St. John's still to talk about, so let's pump <laughs> our brakes a little bit on 
Penn State, Southern Cal. We will get right. to your, you know, yeah. Todd Yelton love fest hour. That that's coming. This is the okay? Todd Yelton podcast. But the, right. let's not take away from from Penn State <laughs> and, and Southern Cal. Like this is a that's a it's uh, you know, a, a first class matchup right here. It is. It is. I mean, blue bloods, right? Brian yeah. likes to talk about the blue bloods, and I think uh, you know we'll talk about all the blue bloods that are out here. Yeah, a little yeah bit. both former champions, right? Yeah, absolutely. While we're on it, and I know you're trying to get through this. If you took the subs from Southern Cal and Penn State and played them against the best eleven you could come up with between with Sanford and St. John's, <laughs> what what would the spread be? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> it would be it would be Sanford minus three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Now that's no. I think yeah. That's the game. If you if you have one game to watch, might be the one you tune into. Outside of St. John Sanford and of course Florida State and so and SMU. All right. Let's keep going. This is a good one up top, right? Again, we talked about the the, the Big East Munch, Hofstra three, Providence zero, South Carolina one, North Carolina. Wow. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Big upset. And I, I have to stop just for a second and say, yeah, on the last show, I mentioned, hey, are you not going to talk? I believe my quote was, hey, are you not going to talk about North Carolina, South Carolina? Christian said, oh, I would have to talk about that. North Carolina's in the nine minute game. And North Carolina's going to win that easy. Blah, 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 blah. Matt, remember, all this stuff fight, is recorded fight, so we can fight, go back and listen. Fighting game, Cox, out of the SEC. Big, huge win over North Carolina. Thoughts? You see it, Brian? I didn't see it. I saw I saw bits of it. I mean, in, in really more post once South Carolina had the lead. I, I tell you this, I did not see that coming. There's there's been little warning flags about North Carolina, but there's probably been bigger ones about South Carolina. Yeah. You know, during yeah. the regular season. So it's I'm not surprised Carolina got upset. I'm just surprised it was by South Carolina. But you know, you know how they are. If if the get if you don't get an early goal on them, you don't get the lead. And the last team in the country you want to be down one nil to whoever you are is South Carolina. Well, yeah, they, I would, I, go ahead, Chris. No, I, I think we've said this before. They win more games one nil than anybody else in the country. Well, and this is what I would say. This is the interesting part for me, Brian. Really, with with North Carolina, because I, I did the same thing. As soon as it went one nothing, uh, uh, South Carolina I turned it on, and North Carolina was not moving. And wow. North Carolina has been off. Think about it. They didn't have the, the tournament, right? And they weren't even in the tournament. So they've been off two weeks to see a North Carolina team like that not, not be able to run. Just tells you they're exhausted. For whatever reason, there's something going on because they were not running. Tells me they're probably tired. Um, South Carolina went out in the quarterfinals. And uh, credit to them because even when they were down, they still, you know, they still defended like they do. And, and congratulations to them. So, now South Carolina's got Hofstra. Hofstra, I don't – people love Hofstra. They, they love Hofstra. I've not watched him play. He's obviously – Simon's a great coach. But do they have a chance in this game? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would call him the favorite in the game. Okay. Oh. Well, you know, Brian, well, let me tell you something, Brian. If they lose next week, that's going to be all <laughs> over you. <laughs> I walked him right into that, Chris. I set it up. I set it well, up. Well, now – who said it earlier in the year we were talking about it was NC state after the big weekend of North Carolina and Duke. And somebody said, what's, what's the team's records after beating North Carolina the next game. And not good. 
right after NC State went out and lost to one of the middle of the Packers in the league. So for South Carolina, that's a heck of a mental challenge to turn it around um, and do it again. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Biggest upset of the tournament so far, UC Irvine won undefeated UCLA Pac-12 champs, zero. Thoughts? Total shocker. Just a total shocker. They, I believe they opened the season with each other and, and UCLA might have won 3-0 or, or something like that. And just a total shocker. I mean, I, you know, we've said it many times. UCLA's roster is as loaded as any anybody in the country, more loaded than anybody in the country. They have so many, so many good players. And, um, and look, anybody can get shut out and anybody could have one of those days but they picked the wrong time to have one of those days. That is yeah. absolute shock. Well said. Stunning. We, yeah. We're in a tournament where the one half of the bracket looked so hard. Well, that was when that half of the bracket had North Carolina, UCLA, and Stanford still in it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look as daunting. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wisconsin, two, Butler, one. So now you have a UC Irvine, Wisconsin, um battle to uh see who goes to the sweet 16. who's I, happier I really, than wisconsin yeah for sure for sanford sure. maybe sanford St. Maybe. John's. <laughs> yeah. all right uh moving on up santa clara one stanford zero um santa clara stays alive and then they have uh georgetown six uh, central connecticut state zero so a very, I think another good game in this round two is Georgetown Santa Clara. Obviously, we know anybody coming out of that Santa Clara Stanford game was going to be a really good matchup with Georgetown. So, uh, and that is at Georgetown. I think they're still trying to figure out the times um, because right now Georgetown doesn't have lights. So that's an issue, right? Because if they're playing at eleven o'clock, Santa Clara's now playing at eight a.m. their time. So there's some discussion on what's going to happen there, and I don't think it's been decided how they're going to do that yet. But so anyway, Georgetown Santa Clara, um, great game, right? Great, great. Yeah, game. It, but Matt, isn't there some kind of deal that the committee has about the West Coast going to the East Coast and times they play and all that? I, I think that's what that's what we're talking about is what how are they going to be able to do that? Um, how are they going to be able to play that game? Yeah. So, what are we, so what's going to happen? Come on, you're on the inside. Give us the scoop. Well, I think we're still working on it, Chris. Last I heard, we're well, still Matt, working on it. Well, Matt, how long do you need to work on it? I mean, you know, you knew that you knew the matchup a couple days ago. Like, it should be like one phone call and it's done. Are you done? <laughs> no, I'm not even close. <laughs> That's going to be a good game. Uh, but I, here, here's the thing. Like, Santa Clara, you know, they weebled and wobbled throughout the season. Uh, up and down, um, some some results were, that were quite surprising, but some wins that showed that they're still a really good team. I think Santa Clara is going to make a long run here. Uh, I think Santa Clara is is a very very good team. Um, I would not be surprised to see them playing all the way towards the end. Georgetown, Santa Clara, Wisconsin, UC Irvine. One of those teams will be in the Elite Eight. Who it's going to be? <laughs> I, I think Chris just said it. All right. And the last group here, 
Um, Sanford, two. The Auburn Tigers, zero. Thoughts on that one? Right for Todd and his, and his team. I mean, just, you know, the in-state matchup. They basically owned the state, didn't they? State champs. Beat Alabama, beat Auburn. Can't do any better than that. Yeah. Well, I guess you could. There's more teams, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they beat UAB too, didn't they? Yeah. UAB, yeah. It's great mean, Great, great for them. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I watched some of that. They deserve to win. Uh, yeah. They deserve to win. I, 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 and I mentioned, I think I mentioned to you, like, their kids hit the ground sliding more in that game than my team has all year. I mean, they were sliding left and right, left and right, and um, played with such great passion and such great energy that uh, it was exciting to watch. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, all right. And then uh, Brown, the other Ivy that took a defeat, St. John's 1-0. So you got a round two matchup in the Duke Regional with St. John's and Sanford. I would think they probably never played before, if I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. I would guess. Yeah. A great matchup for Todd. Great matchup for St. John's. One of them is going to be in the Sweet 16. You only got yep. to beat the teams in front of you, and that's the way the bracket fell. That's the great thing about NCAA tournaments. Absolutely. All right. He, he's not complaining about his draw. All right. No, he's three, not. LSU zero. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. The other big game on that on that day. Um, Memphis kind of taking care of business. Brian, you want to talk about that game with, you know, knowing the LSU background that you have, those kids are, a bunch of those kids now are, are, are moving on and, uh, but the very great career for those guys. Yeah. It's a bunch of kids. I'm super familiar with. I thought they had a great season. Happy for them to get in the tournament, probably caught Memphis at the wrong time. That's Memphis's first win in the tournament since I think 2011. So Memphis usually has a late season swoon and they just had it two weeks ago instead of in the tournament. Um, so they're, they're hot. I mean, they're a dangerous team for Duke in the next one. They should have Duke's full attention. Those forwards are good. Yep. Duke won old dominion zero on a last 14 seconds. Free kick. You see that free kick? Yeah. What a great, oh. free, kick. What a great free kick. She's yeah. done that a few times too. She's done that a few times. I mean, that was, uh, that was a great free kick. Yeah I, and across. yeah, I thought the keeper should have saved it. No, I'm just <laughs> did you, did you, did you. Yeah. I was crushed. Yeah. 90. And that, yeah, that Memphis Duke game is a good game. You it know, is. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I feel early. like, yeah. I feel like Duke has not been, uh, has not been as good, you know, here down the stretch as, as they were earlier in the season. And, and again, I, I think we're seeing the, you know, the effects of the spring, spring to fall season you know yeah. these teams that played further further along um i think you're seeing it you know take take its toll a little bit on on some of these teams so duke to me looks a little bit of a tired team and uh memphis um memphis should send uh smu a bottle of champagne because remember memphis had lost four in a row and uh, we showed up and they beat us 5 nothing, and they haven't lost since. Well, Chris, you know, so. I don't know if uh, we want to promote on College Soccer Nation alcohol to the athletes. I think that it, you know, it sends a bad message. I don't, it's not something I want to condone. I don't think it's appropriate. I didn't, I didn't say they we were going to drink it. I just said they, they should like, send it. They think send a fruit <laughs> basket maybe or, you know, a, a box of chocolates. But champagne's a little much maybe. Let's not condone Well, that. anyway. 
Yeah. Anyway, I, I think Memphis is on a roll. I, I do think they're on a roll. Uh, let, let me say this about Memphis. This is this is uh, my my observation of Memphis. Nobody dribbles the ball more or better than Memphis. And they get the ball and they dribble. And you know they can dribble from one end of the field to the other end of the field. Uh, and you you ain't stopping them. You know, yeah. so I, I you know it's a it's a, a little bit of a unique style in in that you know these days where everybody says pass 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 they dribble yeah that's a good game i think that's a good game Fred. um okay so it's set right those are your 32 games or sorry your your next 16 games of 32 teams after that we'll have a, a sweet 16 and then by by sunday afternoon we'll have an elite eight so excited for that i do think it's funny you know I was going through a lot of these games and Brian, you'll, you know, being a numbers geek, like you are, you'll like this. You look at, um, if you want to win in the NCAA tournament, your instat number better be about 160. And almost everybody that's lost is right around 140, 145. Even, even uh, North Carolina, I think was 152. So it's some interesting numbers when you really dive into the analytics of it, of what it takes to win. Um, and any of the good games, the tight games, like I looked at, um, Clemson and Alabama, which was a good game. It was Bama, I think, was maybe 165, and Clemson was 157. But that's about as high as it got. You know, you look at our game with St. Louis, we were 145. They were 154. The Sanford-Auburn game, Auburn was 145. Sanford was in the one high 150s. I think you look across the board, all the games, it, it's really, really interesting to me that the analytic numbers are almost lining up. Oh, they do. And 160 is the number. It's the number in almost any game you play you're above it you got a great chance to win what's been interesting to me on the data analytics is so many of the matchups especially the upsets have sh have shown uh, the individual player raters to be higher on the team that lost but the team data analytic rating to be higher on the team that won does that make uh, sense yeah in terms of top individual performances the theoretical better teams are still getting that but it's like Chris said with the Sanford kids, that would be the subjective look at it. If they're sliding for everything, blocking shots, doing all those extra things that really drive that analytics, uh, their team rating is going to be higher. And, and then one last, one last question, or maybe we can have a few more questions, but one of the last things I do want to touch on is what is the thought Carolina, Stanford, UCLA, not making it out of the first round, and, and and now in Stanford, you can, you know, you can you could say they played Santa Clara. That's an even game. But the other two, is there something to do with 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 this, the tired of the players? I mean, I, I think it with my team. I would say that my team, the the 2021 year has been full of um, stress on these players. And if you're not deep enough, it's really hard. And if you're not able to rotate players like some of these teams have Florida state, Virginia, where they have the four or five nothing wins in their conference. Um, they're able to be fresher. You guys have any thoughts on that? I, well, what Chris said earlier. Yeah. It, it's almost dead spot on. You know, it's the overflow of games. If you look at the teams that did well last year, the blue bloods made it through the regular season, but now they can't even make it through the tournament. UCLA's out. UNC's out after long runs in last year's tournament, but Texas A&M was in the Elite Eight last year. You know, good team then, good team now. They're not even 500. Tons of injuries. Oklahoma State, Sweet 16 last year. You know, down season, tons of injuries. 
you know, at, at Rice, made the Sweet 16, tons of injuries. Can't do it again. Yeah. Um, West think, Virginia. West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. You know, it, I think it's really, really hard. And then you've got some of the teams, the Ivies, who didn't play. They did look great before. Chris's team's doing fantastic. Um, yeah. Great season. Really didn't play in the spring. It's, it's an interesting uh, look at it. Well, I think when you look over all the, uh, the tournament and the teams that are left, it's pretty damn exciting for me. I and mean, there's some new teams and some teams you're not used to seeing. Hopefully they can make some runs. And, but I do think, um, you know, the four number ones are still around. So we'll see how that, that works out. But it, it certainly makes for a really exciting tournament. You know what? The one thing that interests me, though, about, about this is this North Carolina thing. Like North Carolina is famous for rotating players. Yeah. Right. In and out, in and out, in and out. So you would think that they, it's hard for me to believe that their issue is, you know, tired legs over the course of, uh, of those times. Cause uh, you know, that's something Florida state's done. Right. Sure. Over, over the last couple of years, they've been able to rotate players with, with the depth that they've had. Um, they don't look too tired to me. <laughs> but you look at Florida State, their early season, their non-conference, and then even in the conference, the every game was four nothing, Chris. Yeah, they're getting people four nothing, yeah, five nothing. Yeah. So you yeah. could rest and it's not taxing yeah. on the players, the backs. Maybe you're staying on a little longer, but they're not really and that's that's I talked about it with, with Todd at Sanford. They've won 13 in a row. And and he's been able to rotate a ton of players because a lot of those games he won easily through his league. So yeah. he's fresh. He's fresh yeah. and ready to roll. So yeah, I think when you do get in these conference battles and then conference tournament things like that, and you have the multi bid leagues, yeah, uh, it, it does take its toll for sure. Yeah, but yeah. in the Carolina piece, when you look at the data on that game against South Carolina, they doubled up South Carolina in passes. They they were higher in pass percentage. You know things that aren't traditional super North Carolina ish things. If you look back at when they were very very dominant they looked like arkansas back in the day yeah it kind of looked like everybody else yeah oh so, um there, there's an interesting style of play piece i have a question i have a question okay so you guys have identified the number as 160 right the instat number at 160 right so it sounds really easy. So how, what do I have to do for my team to be at 160 <laughs> on Friday? I just got to get this. All I got to do is get the 160, right? I'm not yeah, sure 160 is the number in that game. <laughs> it, that means you have to have to have the ball some. You have to win the ball some off them. So yeah. I, I, listen, all I'm anxious, it's two coaching legends going out. Yes. Last I week. think what, I think all game long, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep saying 160. We got to get to 160. We got to get to 160. <laughs> I think you got to figure out a way for Mark to agree to an 11 versus seven game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Mark's got to be one of the seven too. All You can play 11s. You can play 11s. Mark Bristol and Mazume have to play then <laughs> game on. I don't know. You see Bristol lately? Bristol's fit as a fiddle. He'll have no problem in that game. All right. So seven ACC teams left, five Big Ten, four SEC, three WCC. So all three WCC teams still rolling. Two AC, Big East, Pac-12, one A-10, one Big 12, one Big West, one 
CAA, one Horizon, one Ivy, one SoCon. What jumps out at you? One Big 12. What else? I agree with that. Let's start there. <laughs> I mean, only two made it, and there's only one left. That's yeah. that's pretty shocking. Yeah. I think the other the other one is the two is the two Pac-12. Two yeah. Pac-12. Well, yeah. you know, my biggest takeaway from this tournament is is this the the success of the individual teams that were high RPI, you know, the Samfords, the Hofstras that weren't from middle, you know, multi-bid leagues, UW-Milwaukee. Yep. So the individual teams high in RPI apparently were not gaming the RPI. The two leagues that had multiple bids and multiple teams high in the RPI kind of got found out. Yeah. You know, if that That's makes That's a great point. Yeah, great the, point. The, the lesson for me is, when we have these teams that are singularly from their league high in the RPI, we might should believe they're good teams. Yeah. When we see a cluster of teams we're not so sure about from a league, then probably they collectively figured it out. Great job with the scheduling. And maybe they're not as good as they would appear. Because results are results. Wisconsin had won one of their like last 10 games. Something yeah. like that. And they beat a Big East team in the first round. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a awesome. Boy, Brian, I got to tell you, College Soccer Nation, again, once again, really appreciates the hard work you put in to this uh, analyze the bracket. I can read the names of the teams, and I know where their RPIs are. It's really impressive, deep thinking. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Chris, listen, good luck. We're cheering for you. Get it done. Ups- I mean, I, I, I think Florida State's won like 70 games in a row at home in the tournament. So yeah, it's time for them to get lost. knocked. Yeah, I think yeah. Time for you to knock them off, buddy. Let's go. What you should do, Chris, is look at no stats that would give you background data on your chances. <laughs> and then maybe don't watch any film because that's not going to feel much better. <laughs> Too late on that one. <laughs> Is there anything else, Brent? Any other way? Any other thing you <laughs> I should don't do? Know. 160. 160. 160. 160. Yes. Let's go. 160. It's, it can go to 12. Make a video. 160. Yeah. Love it. All right. All right guys. Good luck, Chris. Yes. Good luck, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll catch up on uh, on next Monday or Tuesday and 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 break down the. Uh, we'll be in the Elite Eight. Pretty exciting on how this will go with the uh, the round of 32 and the round of 16. Okay. Awesome. Very good. good. All right. Thanks, everybody. That's listen. College Soccer Nation appreciates your support. College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.